This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to The Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today I've got Ryan Alford with me. Ryan, how you doing? Great, man. Glad to be here. Appreciate you having me on, Brett. Absolutely. You are the, the CEO of Radical, uh, which we'll talk about how you're blending the art and the science in, in the digital world, the analog world, and, and really doing a great job there and serving tons of people. And you are the host of Radcast, which is your podcast. And you've got a you've got an awesome studio set up there, man. You had that for a while? Yeah, we walk the walk and talk the talk around here. You know? <laughs> That's right. We're in a business where there's a lot of talking and uh, not a lot of walking. And so we like to do both. And uh, so we do it through the same lens that you do with the podcast and talking to people and giving away. Like I say, I give away my best advice because uh, execution is everything. And so uh, we talk uh, about marketing and everything on the Radcast. And it's a bit of uh, pop culture, too. We try to make it interesting. And, you know, we're coming up on 130 episodes on our podcast. And then, you know, being an agency, we utilize the studio for a lot of different voiceover and different things. Sure. Well, it's funny you say that about the uh, giving it all away for free, because I, I, I agree with that method, man, is there's so many things that you can give away. But what you just said, I a thousand percent agree with. It's all about the execution. Yeah. So when, you, when you hear that, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it's so true. Uh, it's there's there's still this, uh, you know, I believe in a lot more supply than people realize, like, um mindset that I think you have to recognize that the information is out there. And if you think you've got some secret sauce, it doesn't mean that, look, I'm really good on my feet, like a problem solving. I get in a room with a client. I can problem solve. I can show my differentiation when I'm talking to a client, yep. but the principles of marketing and different things like that, you know, it's all out there on YouTube and everything else. So to act like you're, you know, you've got some uh, secret risk. Yeah. You get the secret sauce, right? Well, uh, for those people that may not know who Ryan is, man, why don't you give us a little lay of the land? I know you're in upstate, I think of South Carolina, correct? Upstate South Carolina, but give us a little lay of the land. I know you're a husband. You are a dad. I think you got three boys, right? Four boys. Okay. I've got four boys as well, man. So we could have a whole podcast just on that. We could put together a, a good, a good squad. I think Eight yeah, we could. Yeah. Let's do it. A little basketball team. And we just need one. Maybe you could have the fifth one. We'll let you have the fifth kid and then uh, we'll have a nice bas- uh, baseball team as well. <laughs> I, I grew up in, uh, we're here in the lovely uh, Greenville, South Carolina area. And uh, it's, it's upstate. Uh, of South Carolina where I like to tell people we're an hour from the mountains and, and three hours from the beach. So we're, we're blessed to kind of be in between uh, both, but I, I grew up here uh, in the upstate and uh, 
attended Clemson University, one of the few people that actually went to school for what they ended up doing. I went in, I was a marketing major and, uh, you know, That's started cool. at an ad agency uh, called Irwin Penland, now called EP and Co. They're actually one of the, the most well-known agencies, if not the most well-known agency in South Carolina and in the Southeast. Um, worked there for 13 years uh, and actually worked on some of the large accounts in the world including working with the NFL, Verizon, Samsung, Apple. Um, I, oh. opened, I opened, when part of the group that opened their New York office in 2009. So I moved to Manhattan, took my family there. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was a great experience. I worked, you know, with, you know, shoulder to shoulder with the best in the business in advertising and marketing you know, right there on Madison Avenue, uh, so to speak in New York. And so really got to, uh, both, you know, I'd been in the industry for, you know, seven years and, you know, when I moved to New York, so it wasn't like I was totally cutting my teeth, but I think I still was, you're still learning a lot at that stage, but, uh, got on the biggest stage and, you know, worked it with the C-suites of, of Verizon Wireless and Verizon, uh, companies like Fios, which their internet and cable TV product really helped bring them. I worked on Verizon business, you know, in some part of my career for 10 years, and uh, really brought them from "Can you hear me now?" to to four G LTE, and wow. part of the group with a lot of the, the most well known ad campaigns that you can remember, from the Apple launch to Droid, uh, which was Motorola's, and other anything that wasn't a uh, an Apple phone, <laughs> Android launches and things like that. So worked on that. Worked with the NFL, um, uh, Firehouse Subs, and some. Who's who of of names and brands and marketing and to work with them and help bring them both into the digital age as I like to speak because kind of came up on both sides both the analog and the digital when I first started it was all newspaper radio out of yeah. and then obviously things changed you know there in two thousand five six seven starting to move towards internet based marketing not that that mass media went away by any means uh, but started to see that transition but I kind of got my cut my teeth, learned whatever you want to call it on both sides. And I think it's made me a real well-rounded marketer as a whole. So what do you, what do you find? Uh, and I love that story of helping all those people. And I had to do that to you today. Can you hear me now, man? We, we were having a little technology issues, right? When we started, but those of us that own smaller companies, right. That don't have millions and millions and millions of dollars to spend on that stuff. I mean, I'm assuming now you're helping more people like me or like our listeners that are, don't have the millions of dollars to spend on marketing. What are you finding that we can do that maybe is a little slice of what the, the big boys and big girls will do? Uh, in the last you know five years or so, that's really where I've been focused is, all to medium brands. I was the CMO uh, for a couple of companies, a couple of agencies, and then started Radical three years ago. And we helped small to medium businesses every day, um, and probably more leaning towards medium. Um, you know, it's tough for small businesses out there because what's what's happened is, in some ways, it's become democratized because you can do things the big boys can do, but it takes time and resources to do those things because you have all these channels at play. Social media and the internet has opened up, you know, fair game. Right. And so, but at the same time, you've got to get yourself out there. And what I tell people and most small businesses that we work with is to, you know, you know, do the 80-20 rule. You know, where where is 80% of your business going to come from? And let's focus, you know, in those areas. And 
once you start to kind of tailor it down to what the problem is and, wh- and who you're trying to serve, you can kind of make it more digestible. And then those fields, those playing fields are open to you because, you know, you've got social media. You can have conversations with customers that you couldn't have 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. And unless you could run a TV ad or a, a radio ad or something like that that costs too much money, uh, you couldn't really have those conversations. So one is just dialing in on, on exactly where your target is and focusing in on them and then just being consistent with your messaging. Yeah. And I think it's the discipline. We talked about it earlier, right? I think it was before we started recording is it's the long game. I mean, I think for people, we all want that viral video, don't we? We all want to put something on Instagram and next thing you know, you've got millions of followers and millions of likes. And, and I think you can get into that rat race and that's not a healthy thing in my opinion. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, Patience is a virtue. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and, and look, look, I get it. We're all in a hurry. We all want to, you know, get to the uh, quote unquote finish line as fast as possible. But again, it, when you're running your business, there really isn't a finish line. If you truly are in it for the right reasons, look, if you're trying to sell your company in two years, that's a whole different race that you're running. Right. You're trying to be in whatever profession it is, whether it's a financial advisor, whether it's a lawyer, whether it's an insurance person or, or name that industry, you're playing the long game. And so you've got to invest uh, over time as you can and be consistent, but use the channels that are out there. You know, what I find is a lot of people won't you know, stick with anything. It's no different than almost like podcasting. If you can relate to there's something called pod fade, you know, where people start and they do five episodes and then they, they give up or yep. they post on Facebook and they wonder why they don't have any likes and, you know, they don't stick with anything, no different than habits. You know, I kind of built my life around, you know, creating healthy habits, but it's no different in business. You've got to stick with those things and really build your path and know that it takes time and consistency. And every minute that you spend on it is an investment in your business. Yeah. And so too, and you talked about the healthy habits, which I want to get into in a little bit, but what are you finding now that the, Everyday man or woman, like you said, a, a, an attorney. Let's let's pick on that industry for a while. A lot of attorneys listen to this. Um, what are you finding they're doing, or the financial advisors doing right now in a world where you're not maybe going to a bunch of lunch meetings or you're not going to the social event? What what are you doing to build prospects, build clients? What are you seeing out there? Well, you know, there's a couple of things. For one, you know, a lot of those industries rely heavily on like pay per click and things like that. But if you're not one of the big players get drowned out pretty quickly in that. But I, ironically enough, you know, the social media channels alone, whether that's Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, is huge for B2B. If you own a small business, whether you're a lawyer, insurance or whatever, and you're not leveraging LinkedIn, you're missing the boat because the organic reach is, on LinkedIn is still huge compared to like Facebook where they've kind of pulled out and I'll, I'll explain kind of that organic reach. So Facebook, you know, 10 years ago, you make a post that would reach a lot of people in and outside of your following because Facebook was building their audience, you know, Mm. reached uh, a threshold. You had to pay and buy ads to get your content seen by more people. They pretty much cut it off about probably six or seven years ago. Not completely, but unless you have something really viral or something that's just abnormal. Uh, your content barely gets seen, but on LinkedIn, there's still organic reach where you can actually be seen uh, by both people in and outside of your circle because of the way the algorithm is set up. And so if you're in any of these industries, you should be posting regular content to LinkedIn, especially 
from a B2B perspective. And then I, at Facebook is still huge as well. Finishing and dying. Uh, it may be uh, slowing down, but it's still a behemoth uh, in the reach that it has. And so posting content to those channels, because I'm still waiting to see, like I'll occasionally I'll trip across a lawyer that's really consistent with his messaging on Instagram. And sure enough, you go do a dig a little bit further. He's being, he's very successful. And so I still don't think uh, a lot of those industries, uh, I think the younger uh, lawyers are, or insurance people are leveraging them. But I think if, if you aren't posting and thinking about regular content and helpful stuff, like give, again, give away your, your, your not best or secret sauce, but you can at least <laughs> be informing, uh, you know, about ways and things to do it. Because if they see you, you got to build your credibility as an expert and whatever you do. And that's what you're doing. You're building your personal brand. Uh, at the end of the day. And you do that through building credibility and showing that you are the expert within your field. Yeah. And I think that it's so funny. You're talking about, I work with tons of attorneys and, and docs and, and it's one of those things are like, yeah, but Brett, my message, I don't know who wants to go to Facebook or YouTube or LinkedIn and hear about, you know, why I'm the best trial attorney of, you know, if your family member got in a wreck or estate planning or probate or whatever it may be. But, but, but is it important to actually spend time talking about that stuff that you actually do to be the content specialist or is it do something totally different? And Oh, by the way, I do this as well. Uh, the, the secret sauce is Blair is doing both. But I think sometimes, look, here's, the, here's what I, I tell my clients every day. This is a, whether you're, you're promoting your products to consumers or to businesses, it's all about B to eight business to human. And look, no matter who you are, people want to know who you are, what you do. They want to get to know you better. These channels allow you to have the first three meetings without having the first three meetings because they walk into that first meeting sales call because they know you, they know the type of person you are. They know what your children do. They know, you know, they get to know you through your content. And so there's a blend of both, you know, <laughs> but what I like to tell people to do is talk about the solutions and not why you're the best. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's very good. Talk about the solutions, not why you're the best. Yep. Cause obviously you're going to think you're the best, right? <laughs> and so if you, if you back it into what problems you solve and what issues that, that the customer has, whether that's a business customer or, or a consumer, you know, they're going to see, if you're going to build that, that credibility as being the one that can provide that solution instead of, you know, what I, <laughs> you still see the Charleston's number one attorney, you know, yeah. uh, Cleveland's best doctor, you know, what, you know, I, I like to, I preach, you know, a couple of things and, you know, my creative director taught me this, uh, I, I don't know, it's probably been six years ago, but he reminds me daily. It's W I F M baby. What's, <laughs> what's in it for me? <laughs> That's everybody's favorite radio station. That's w right. And, uh, and so you've got to, again, what's in it, for them, what solution are you solving and saying and chest beating that you're the best, the greatest, the wonderful, you know, is not doing that. Yeah. That's so good. What's in it for me and what problems are you solving? That's what we got to focus on, man. Um, 
So you talked about healthy habits a little bit ago. I'm a big, big believer in your habits and, you know, you can see the books and everything around me and, and the books I read, the people I surround myself with, right. The water I drink, I mean, everything. So what are some of those things for you that are no miss items that Ryan's like, man, you follow me around the camera every day. You're seeing this. What is that? Well, you know, there's an, I'm, I guess you can probably figure this out by now. I'm kind of an analogy guy and like different things, but I firmly believe in, and I don't remember again, I, I, uh, I, I, I parrot a lot of things that I hear that we read over time. Um, and I don't remember when I first heard it, but it was that, that notion that, you know, when you're on the plane and the plane is going down and the oxygen mask comes on, whose mask do you put on first? Yeah. You put yourself yourself on first so that you can help others. Right. And I, that, that stuck with me. It's probably been 10, 12 years ago. It's been a number of years ago. I first heard that analogy and it like really opened my eyes. And, and I've always been, I think done a decent job with that historically, but that to me was like, that makes sense. And it, if you aren't, and so I've always prioritized my health and my fitness um, in ways that, you know, on the outside looking in might would have been viewed. And in today, I think people are getting better at this is looking at, as selfish as okay. But, but the way I look at it is if I'm not taking care of my physical fitness, if I'm not prioritizing working out five days a week, if I'm not, um, at least look, I'm not perfectly healthy. It doesn't mean I have a cheeseburger here and there. I'm not <laughs> watching my diet or creating these habits. Um, I'm not the best version of myself to give my best to my children, to my wife, to my company. And, and if I just give it out a hundred percent at all times, I'm going to hit the wall. Yeah. And you only give so much. And I, that really was kind of an eye opener for me uh, as a principal that I had to prioritize my own self. My own so let me interrupt you on there. So, so what is that? Is that a, Hey, I get up at, you know, five in the morning to do it. Cause I got four kids and life is crazy. Is it, I fit it in my day sometimes. What, what's that look like for you? Oh, it's all of those things. I, I I'll say this about my habits. I give myself a lot of flexibility. Um, and what do I mean by that? Because, you know, the realities of life and having kids and everything like that, I, there are days I do get up, you know, three days a week, I'll get up between five and five thirty and go train. Uh, and, but the other days it just doesn't work out. And I also need, sometimes I need to sleep in, you know, right. and I, and I kind of give myself, that's why I don't train at 5.00 AM five days a week. And, but then on those mornings, I might get the kids dressed, get Nash, my youngest to school, uh, and then come home before I go to work and work out, you know, and, and then come to work at nine 30 instead of eight 30, you know, yeah. so I allow myself that bandwidth and that flexibility giving on the day instead of having these tight rigors. Uh, but it is non-negotiable for me that I will fit in a workout five days a week. Yeah. Taking the weekends off. Um, it's, bad. it's just inevitably, a Tuesday, I might not get it in. So Saturday or Sunday will happen. Yep. And how old are your kids again? Four, nine, nine, and 11. Four, nine, nine, and 11. Okay. We're close. I got 15, 13, 
almost 11 and almost seven. So you, you had a, you had a two for there. It sounds like no, we, we have the, the modern Brady bunch. We, uh, we, uh, my wife had a son uh, when we met that was two. I had a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Uh, so we brought them together and then now we have one together. So that's awesome. Four nine nine and 11. So, uh, yeah. And four boys is crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. So talk to us about your goal planning, obviously for your company, uh, radical, you have, you have plenty of goals, obviously I would assume that are out there. So what are some of those things now? How do you focus on that? How do you think about that? How do you strategize? Uh, you know, kind of like, it's funny. People ask me this question a lot and I'm not the type that goes and, and like throws a number out there. I put the practice and the principles in place that allow for continuous growth. Like I spent, uh, 17 years before I started radical working for other people and learning and, you know, cause there's a lot of this, uh, uh, entrepreneurship's popular now, right? Yep. And a lot of 25 year olds. And I'm not saying that anyone can't be, sh- there's a lot of <laughs> entrepreneurs way more successful than me. Sure. Online to say it can't happen, but you know, I spent the most, my, my time kind of building experience and being ready for this in, in the field that we're in. Uh, and I knew and felt like I knew the, the way to grow an agency from the ground up. And I wanted Radical to be, you know, a boutique agency. I didn't want us to be a hundred people necessarily. I didn't want to take outside investment. I wanted to kind of do it myself. And so, but I knew the principles to, for how to, to, to grow. And I set like mild markers in my head for revenue and things like that. But what I did is I just went to work. I just started doing and started going, you know, I know if we do these things, we will grow. And sure enough, you know, and I look in the review mirror and it went from myself, you know, three years ago working in a co-work space uh, to now owning the co-work space that we're in now, uh, and having 15 employees and being one of the fastest growing agencies in South Carolina. Um, I did not say I'm going to have 15 employees in three years. I did not say we'd be the fastest growing company. I just said, I know how to do this now. I know how to grow this now. I'm ambitious and I'm going to go to work. And, you know, sometimes that, you know, shocks people because they want to hear, you know, like, well, I had, what were your growth? You know, what was the number you had in your mind? What was this, that, and the other? I just knew, and I've always been successful. I have a success mindset. Yep. Uh, successful in my own mind. I've been happy with my own success. Like, could it have been better? Could it have been something different? Of course it could have but I've just kind of never accepted failure and it's been no different in kind of running radical. Um, and so it's kind of happened. I am now admittedly kind of getting to this point where we're getting to a size where it's got to get it a little bit more organized, you know, as you get in the financials and, and all those kind of things. So that's starting to happen. Um, and so getting my arms around, you know, where, what do we want to be when we grow up? Right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, so we're in that now, and now it's kind of like setting some markers and different things, and uh, it's becoming a little more tangible. 
Well, this is the shameless plug where visionary wealth advisors comes in. Right. <laughs> um, so talk about that success mindset though, man. Cause I think that is so critical. I, I agree with you. I have a success mindset as well. And, and it's, it's funny. My, the bread of call it 10 years ago, I'm 43, the 10 year ago, Brett would have said, yeah, I want to do this number and that number. And, but what I've found as I've uh, matured, right. Is it is hard to set a number. I don't know. People ask all the time, how many billions of dollars are you going to have invested by, you know, 2025? I'm like, I don't know. You know, it'll be a lot, but it's, but it's just, if you show up every day and do the work, you have the success mindset. How do you get your success mindset going daily? Cause it is a daily grind. And how do you keep it going? Even when you don't want to. I, I'm going to give you a nature and nurture answer as much as I hate some of that, uh, that jargon, uh, I think there's a couple of things. I had a guest on our podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago that actually just launched this uh, this week. Uh, Jan was it Bednar Riley? Yeah, uh, that's the uh, CEO of, of Shipmonk, and we were talking about what is that entrepreneur gene? You know, what are the things that make entrepreneurs just kind of lead yep. just good entrepreneurs? And one thing that I you know identified and have is I have a blind spot for the negative side of risk. So what do I mean by that? It, does it mean that I take crazy chances with my kid's life and I jump out of planes every day? Right. No, it doesn't mean that. But what I do have is I have this weird, strange blind spot that I don't look at and don't dwell on and sleep well at night on when I have to take risk. I don't, I do not dwell on the negative of what could happen. That's number one. Number That's two, important. Yeah. And number two, I have very few high highs and low lows. I call it the Alford trade. It's in my family. My sister's the same way. My dad's the same way. I think my mom, I don't know what it is when my mom and my dad are obviously not, they're married Alfords, but uh, Melton's and Alford, but we are very even keel people. It doesn't mean that I'm not fun or don't have a good time. I, I do. I play hard. I work hard. Uh, but in any of like, if I won the lottery today, I would be super excited. I don't even play the lottery, but if I did, right, right, right. I'd be excited and I'd be whatever, but I just, but I wouldn't go spend, you know, half of it on a lot on, you know, some new yacht and, or like, yeah. and, and I wouldn't just be so hot at the same time when I've had bad moments in life, I have my pity party, but my pity parties are probably shorter and have fewer balloons than most people's. And, and so it's, I just don't, you know, dwell or get too high or too low in, on any given thing. And whether that's nature or nurture, I'm not sure, but I think your ability to start to stay, to have more th like this in your life, you know, the, uh, peaks and valleys instead of these huge peaks and valleys. And I think there's things that you can do to kind of create that. I think there's creating, again, some of those habits, some of those things that, that lead to success, that lead to a better, you know, physical and mental state. Uh, but I think those two things um, have helped me in my career be successful. And look, there's also just this innate drive in me that wants to be successful, you know, that wants to the best for my kids and for them to have a better life. And yep. I, I don't know, again, you know, other than surrounding myself with really good people with um, I, I like to say, you've got to create space. 
So creating like no different than the podcasts or doing these things. Um, I, I like to make myself uncomfortable uh, and I kind of create ways for that to happen. And it just seems to open up opportunity. Yeah, that's, that's good. I, I think it's so funny to hear you say you don't have the highs and the lows and, and you bounce, I call it the bounce back theory. Yeah. You have some people out there that they get bad news and they may go, I jokingly say, sit in the fetal position for a week and cry about it. Right. Versus, Hey man, have your pity party. I love that. You said there's not many balloons at your party. That's great. Let's not have any balloons there, but let's get over it. And let's, what can you do today? And what can you do tomorrow to get out of this? Right. Somebody said, embrace the suck. Sometimes you got to embrace the suck, you know, and it's, it's not a perfect straight line to success. It's a really wavy line, but we got to get there. So, um, what do you right now, when you, when you think of building brand, you know, you hear that all the time on social media, build your brand. What, what are you doing right now with your company radical to help people build a brand? What's something that's unique that's out there? Yeah. Um, you know, not to self promote the podcast, but I've been a podcaster for 10 years and the podcast is, for us, our single number one source of new business and for branding for the company. Hmm. Uh, I started it when it, again, back to the story of me in a, in a co-work space. Um, like by, as soon as I hired my first employee, I started doing the podcast. We've been doing it for almost three years. Um, you know, we're one of the fastest growing marketing podcasts in the country. Uh, and it alone has built a brand uh, on its own being the Radcast, but it's also helped promote the company and to allow us to have conversations with companies that we want to work with or that could connect us to other people. You know, it's not just a, well, let me have this person on and they're definitely going to become a client. It's sure. them on and how, who do they know? Who do, who, who, how can we learn from them? Because a lot of this, you know, having people on and having these discussions allow me to stay fresh on concepts, learning about new business, new industries, which makes me powerful, more powerful in meetings with clients or, or potential clients. Uh, it also has, you know, elevated our brand, uh, Radical, because as it's grown, you know, the, the Radical brand, it's kind of been simultaneous uh, and about probably every one out of every three clients that hires us now has heard of the podcast has been referred from the podcast or had a friend that listens to the podcast, you know? Yes. Uh, and, and all of that's been, and look, it's taken three years, which isn't that long to me, but to a lot of people and committing, look, I'm running a company and doing stuff every day. I'm busy, you know, like we're all busy. Right. It did the resources and the time. And when I first started, I didn't have this fancy studio. It was me and a mic in a, you know, small little room and right. know, something and probably had two people listen to it. Yeah. It grew over time. And now, you know, it's not that we even have like a hundred thousand listeners, but I think we have a couple thousand people on each one, which actually puts us in the 95 percentile of podcasts. Yep. Yep. I think that, you know, unless you're Joe Rogan, you know, you don't have the millions of people, but we don't need millions of people. Right. You're absolutely right. I need, I need like two clients a month, you know, just yeah. to our growth. It's not many, you know, yeah. I, you know, I don't need thousands of people. Most people don't, unless you're tied or Coca-Cola yeah. you know, that needs that kind of scale. But if you're in B2B, you know, you only need a couple clients a month. That's right. And, um, you know, but building brand, I do, 
you know, and look, I'm, I'm probably a shameless self promoter, you know, the Ryan Um, <laughs> you know, like, uh, I know that building and look, I, as, as strange as it may seem, I'm an introverted extrovert. Like I don't love putting myself out there. I have to remind myself as much as crazy as it seems with like, you know, my following on Instagram and things like that. Like I got to remind myself to post. I've hired people to make me better at that. Yeah. You know, my producer who's great, you know, helps me with my content, helps me with this show and all those things. I I've surrounded myself with talent people as we've grown to help me with these things. But I know that elevating my brand will elevate the company's brand. And I think, you know, that's where people kind of lose sight. It, it doesn't mean that every company, uh, has to have a CEO that's out there and do all that things, but it sure as hell helps. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's funny you say, that. I mean, I'm that guy, right? I'm the CEO of our company and, and the co-founder with, with Tim Hammett in it, but it is, it's, it, I do want to get out there and, you know, whether our advisors know it or not, I mean, that that's my goal, right? My, my, my passion for this is to have great people like you. Number one, it's therapy every single week. I'm learning therefore I can take to our advisors and take to the marketplace, take to our clients, but it does help. I mean, my, my, you know, if I sit down with somebody for lunch, it's constantly who, who's on the podcast and what are you learning and what are you doing? And I'm sure you're having those same discussions for you. It's tons of learning, tons of education. That's right. You know, I, I learned uh, more from either whether I'm a guest and I'm, you know, on the guest on a lot of podcasts, I'm going on a, one of the largest business podcasts here in a couple of weeks. Um, in Las Vegas, I'm going to fly into Las Vegas and whether I'm a guest or, you know, the guests on our show, like the dialogue and, and all of the things that's, and that's what people don't get their head around. They get so caught up in this, you know, the two listeners or three listeners, but you know, people want to do these kind of things. They want to yeah. be the guest. I, yeah. I, I've had a single, there's been like maybe one or two where the content just wasn't appropriate that I turned down, but I'll say yes to these because number one, I, I, and, and people say yes to us. I mean, we're getting to where we can have just about in, in business. I don't want to say we're not getting every A-list celebrity, but just about anyone we want in business now, uh, it, we can get on our podcast. And it wasn't always that way though. Yeah. Uh, but want to do these things and what you'll learn talking to them, having dialogue, hearing their principles, hearing what they do, hearing who they know, like the education that comes from that is almost more important than how many people are listening. <laughs> Amen to that, man. Yeah. I had the opportunity to interview the founder of Lululemon, right? This guy's a multi multi billionaire. And I'm just like, man, he puts his pants on the same way you and I do. And, yep. and he struggled and, and obviously he's successful now. And that's what we see, but my gosh, the grind, the journey getting there was difficult you know, and that, that's, what's great about it. So, so where do our listeners, you said Ryan Alford.com, uh, it's a L F O R D, uh, for people at home, but it's uh, pronounced Alford. Um, cause you get that Southern, it's kind of like Louisville, right? I mean, you got Louisville, Greenville, do you say Greenville or Greenville? <laughs> Which one is it? Greenville or Greenville? All right. Um, and so where do our listeners find more of you? You've got your website, you get your company radical. Where's that at? It's radical.company and uh, you've got the radcast.com. You know, we, we do pretty good with SEO. So if you just Google search Ryan Alford, the radcast or radical digital marketing, you'll find us. Uh, you don't even have to remember the URLs. We're number one in almost all of those 
uh, for any of those terms. And then uh, you've got me at Instagram at Ryan Alford. That's probably where I'm the most active. They are LinkedIn, yep. both uh, really active. Awesome. Well, Ryan, it's been great having you on the Circuit of Success, man. I really enjoyed the time today. Hey, Brett, really enjoyed it and uh, appreciate the time and uh, look forward to staying in contact with you. Absolutely. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.